Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Jagarambe Jede Jagarambe Ema Durga Ema Durga Oh, uh-huh. 
Lately, I've had trouble keeping my faith. Has this happened to me? You want to know if it's happened to me. And how does one move back into faith? One does not move back into faith. Move, one moves forward into whatever's there. You know, <clears throat> don't think of faith as blind belief. You're not required, expected, and it's not even uh, healthy to have blind faith. When real faith arises in your heart through your own experiences in life, it's very different. You don't have to pretend to believe. You don't have to try to believe. If you're trying to believe, it means you're trying to actually be something you're not. And that's a waste of time. Believe me. <laughs> I know. But, <clears throat> so, in one sense, faith can mean uh, confidence in oneself that whatever one is going through, one can... live through it and maybe learn something from it and keep one's practice going as best one can. As best one can. You're doing the best you can. You don't have to do better. It's not possible to do better than the best you can. And right now, we're all doing the best we can. And it's for no one else to judge how good or bad or complete or whole, wholehearted, that is. Only we know in our heart of hearts. Faith should be based, real faith comes, it, real faith is, is wisdom. 
it, it's what arises in the heart when you're no longer stuck in your shit. Please do not try to cultivate blind faith. And I don't even know what that means. Uh, faith, faith, you know, another one of those great quotes in uh, the Bible is from St. Paul again saying, By grace was I saved through faith. Grace is first. Grace means blessings, connection with the deeper heart, with the great being that inspires you. But it's our own wavering minds that misperceive things, evaluate things, flutter around, vacillate, blah, blah, blah. That's just what it is. That's okay. You stay with it. Try to keep some practice going. And what you call your lack of faith, it's really just the fact that you're stuck in a certain cycle of thought or cycling thoughts that are negative and, and just pissed off and depressed and unhappy and don't think you'll ever be happy. That's a storyline. It's not a very comfortable one. Well, for some people it's very comfortable. It's not a very happy one. But a lot of people are very comfortable feeling bad about themselves. And they do it very well. We do it very well. So once again, don't try to hold on to some fantasy of, that you think you know what faith is. and what faith. Real faith comes when you see the sun rising. Ah, there it is. And then it goes around and it disappears. And what's going on? Where is it? What's going to happen? And then it rises again. Oh. And after like a few million times around, you finally don't worry when it gets dark out. Because you know at some point the sun will rise again. And that's faith. The darkness and the light are part of the way it is. And that's because we are stuck in our stuff, identifying with our stuff. So, practice. The answer is always, let go. Why do you believe what you believe? Let it go. It's not necessary to think you're a piece of shit all the time. 90% of the time would be such a relief. And then it gets to 85, and then to 80, and then, you know, and finally you never think that. So, where you never believe those thoughts, even when they float through your awareness. When paying attention to the name, is it supposed to be a hard focus? I don't know what you mean by a hard focus, but it's not supposed to be mechanical. You're supposed to try to, one... <clears throat> Once again, you don't want to be manipulating your emotions. Oh, I've got to do Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Ram, oh, it's so great, Sri Ram, Jai Ram, you know, and then you go kick the dog. No, you, you want to be, you want to generate the name, you want to remember to listen to the sound of the name going on that you are repeating or hearing inside or whatever. 
or hearing outside. You just want to be with it. And when you notice you're gone, you come back. You can't grab onto it and kill it and choke it to hold on to it. You can't. It, where is it? You can't. You'll forget a billion times a minute. So just be at ease and pay attention. And when you notice you're gone, come back. When you notice you're gone, come back. That's all you can do. Asking me, am I a Hare Krishna or a Hindu religion? No. I'm no religion. And when you say Hare Krishna, you mean specifically, I think, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, ISKCON. And I am not a, uh, a member of that group. Uh, and I've never, my own guru was Hindu. Uh, he was a, a devotee of Hanuman and Ram. He never initiated us in the Hindu religion. He never uh, he loved us as loves us as we are. And uh, there was no nothing to join. We're already in the club, the oneness club. He saw everything as one, loved everyone equally. And uh, all human beings, he said, are his family, our family. So that's the club I, I want to belong to, the human being club. I keep judging the methods I'm using that might not be considered that I'm using. That might, um, that might be not be considered skillful. I know the judging is the issue, but I can't seem to get past it. You know, don't try so hard. Do your practice and go watch a movie. Go for a walk. Go bowling in your mind because we can't do it for real yet. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> don't be so tense. It's all okay. It's all okay. Uh, don't judge yourself for judging yourself for judging yourself. There's no way out of that. It's essentially just another thought. Just come back to whatever practice you're doing again and again and again. That's what you have to do. You can't stop the thought, the judging program from running. We don't know where the, the on and off switch is. We started millions of lifetimes ago. So we've forgotten where the switch is. So all we can do now is notice that the program is running Ah, judging, okay, ah, ah, feels horrible, okay, yeah, okay. And come back to the chant or whatever practices you're doing. Again, every time you come back, you're planting a seed. And those seeds will grow. And every time you come back, you've cultivated coming back again and again and again. And over time... You, you get stuck in the judger less and less, in the evaluator less and less, because that's what's being let go of, the program. There is no evaluator. There's not you and some evaluator in there. There's just awareness and the thought or the feeling. So when you notice that you're not present, that you've been lost in the thought, and at that point, 
you're actually already not lost in the thought, you see. That's, that's the kicker, that's the trick. That's the secret. Here you go, Sri, I'm dead, I'm dead, what should I do tomorrow, I don't know. Oh, you notice you've been gone, you're already back. But to deepen, to kind of put a seal on that being backness, you come back to the, to the mantra, to the name. That plants you in presence. And then you're gone again. And then you do it again, and again, and again. So don't try to do too much too fast, because when you try too hard, it's very hard to let go. It's anti, it's not helpful. So rather do a few, three or four short practices a day where you just sit and you relax and you don't get all tense and you just simply let yourself be as much as you can. And and then if you start getting tense, give it up and come back to it in a couple of hours or something like that. There's no hurry. We're not going anywhere. My question is, if you did something wrong and you apologized for years for that fault, will Babaji forgive us for that? Babaji's already forgiven us for it. It's we haven't forgiven ourselves. That's the issue. So the guilt and the shame and the negative thoughts about it, they go on and on and on and on. And, and, and it's when it involves another person, then it gets sticky. Is that person really mad at me and I've really failed, etc. So here's a very funny story. So I was in uh, at a retreat uh, with uh, His Holiness the Dalai Lama. <clears throat> and it was a three or four day retreat and, and the subject of the retreat was what they call bodhicitta, the enlightened heart and compassion, kindness, very extraordinary teaching about Shanti Deva, the, 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 who wrote uh, the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, and it's all about how to, you know, expand the heart and include everyone and overcome suffering for yourself and others. Very deep, very juicy practice. So, at the end of like five or six different sessions, there was going to be a question and answer, and people had written their questions down on a piece of paper. <clears throat> and passed them up to the front, and the translator was picking the questions. Excellent translator, extraordinary translator. A little bit uh, how to describe. A little bit. Uh, uh, I don't know what the opposite of funky is. He's very straight laced. Very wonderful. Great intellectual being, incredible. Very straight. So one of the questions was, Your Holiness, I did something to hurt someone, and I apologized, but they won't accept my apology. I apologize one year, I apologize again the next year, and I apologize the next year, and still they won't accept the apology. What should I do? Now remember, this is a, a teaching on, on compassion. So the Dalai Lama said, 
with the, and it, he said something to the translator, and the translator said it in English to us. The translator said, His Holiness says that you keep apologizing one year, two years, three years, you keep apologizing. If they don't accept your apology, tell them to go to hell. Whoa. Now, I was shocked because if His Holiness the Dalai Lama tells you to go to hell, that's where you're going to go. And what does that have to do with bodhicitta and compassion, right? So I thought, wait a minute, there's no way he said that. that. What did he really say? So Bob Thurman was there, my friend Bob, who's very close with His Holiness and speaks perfect Tibetan. So I grabbed him. I said, Bob, what did His Holiness really say there? Bob, Bob said, he said, you keep apologizing one year, two years, three years. If after three years he doesn't, they don't accept the apology, tell them to eat shit. <laughs> I, I would imagine that in Tibetan culture, the phrase, eat shit, is comparable to what we would say in the West to go to hell. But it's a little different. Don't eat shit. So, I don't know why I'm asking, telling you that, but oh yeah, Bob, so forget it, you know. We're the only ones who haven't forgiven ourselves. And that's an ongoing self, what's the word, self-referential kind of behavior. It just keeps going, keeps us in that rut. You have to let go, you have to forgive yourself. God it forgives everyone all the time. How do you know you are making progress on the spiritual journey? <laughs> How to maintain discipline in bhakti in the path of devotion? Discipline comes when you recognize that you're suffering and you want to become free. You can lead, you know that phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink the water unless they're thirsty. You won't do what's required to overcome suffering until you truly recognize it and stop trying to get away from it. There's nowhere to go in this world where there won't be discontentment and, and disappointment and suffering and pain. It's a part of everything. Things change. And just changing the body's constantly aging. There's millions of cells dying all the time. We're, we think we're sitting still, but we're, we're, we're disappearing, we're dying. Until we begin to accept that fact and recognize that we try to grab happiness somewhere from the outside. And we might get a little feeling of pleasure or temporary happiness, but it won't last. It's not made to last. If you pick up a big rock and you try to squeeze water from that rock, you can't do that. It, water does not come from a rock, essentially. Eventually, I suppose, if you squeeze it hard enough with a big machine, it could break down the molecules and maybe some water would come out. But we can't do that with our bare hands. So until we truly recognize that, that there's nowhere to go that's free of suffering, nowhere to escape from that, we, we, 
we're not going to really uh, be motivated to practice because it's practice and it's the spiritual path that will transform suffering into into freedom ultimately to put it simply so I was yelled at today by an angry driver. I feel so much sadness because of this. Am I feeling sorry for myself? Well, probably. Um, probably hurt. And driving is uh, is a great uh, practice. I have a friend who says that um, when he goes out in a car he visualizes that every driver on the road, every driver driving a car is the Dalai Lama. So if somebody passes him too fast and cuts him off, he says, oh, go ahead, Your Holiness. (laughs) If somebody hunks at him, he says, oh, Your Holiness, I'm sorry, yes. I mean, because he has anger issues and he wants to over, you know, short circuit those issues. So he visualizes that, you know, so... I got, the, you know, I, one time I was on the way to into New York City to drop some CDs off at uh, the radio station, NPR. And uh, so I had them on the seat of the car in the front. And uh, I'm driving along and I thought, hey, why don't I listen to this? You know, everybody else listens to me in their car. Why don't I? So I put the CD in and I'm cruising around. Yeah, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. All of a sudden, somebody... A car comes, cuts me off and really almost knocked me off the road. I mean, if I had reacted the wrong way, I would have been off the road. I flipped out. I wheeled around. I accelerated. I'm going to see who this motherfucker was, you know. When I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I said, who is that, you know. And I drive up and I look over and it's this little, little, little old lady. Oh. And she had this look on her face like, and she was like trying to see over the steering wheel and her hands were shaking and she was like, and she, and I thought, oh my God, you know, and I realized she didn't see me at all. I was not the target of her viciousness. That was all in my head. She just was trying to stay on the road for dear life and totally, I, I lost all my anger, you know, so let it go. doesn't matter. Is it really possible to live, possible loving unconditionally all the time? I mean, is it possible just being loved forever at the present moment? Asking the ego to kill the ego. Asking the mind to transcend the mind is like asking the thief to be the policeman. There will be a lot of investigation, but no arrest will ever be made. This is from Ramana Maharshi said this. So the way you ask the question, the answer is no. The one who's asking that question 
will never love unconditionally, will never remain in unconditional love because you're, it's egoistic. That Your ego is asking that question, so to speak. Your true nature already is love. You don't have to be busy loving. You are love. We are love. That's our true nature. When we're finished being stuck and glued to our thoughts and emotions and our stories and our karmic experiences, as we cultivate loving kindness and compassion for ourselves and others, as we practice quieting our asses down and slowing down again and again and disconnecting from the anxiety and the tension and learning how to let go of it, we move more deeply into our true nature, which is love. It's never been anything else. Many people said, many people, including me, this person says, that say that mantras are very powerful vibrations and they should only be recited during a kind of ritual or initiation from an ascendant master and his lineage. But I heard you say that with chanting, the devotional path is different. I don't, I'm confused by the way you asked the question. I, did, I have never said Oh, I see. I've said that mantras are powerful vibrations, yes. But I never said they should only be recited during a ritual or initiation. I think you mean, have I, do I, have I said that you can only get a mantra from a great master in initiation, that's the only way to get it, and uh, if you don't do that, uh, but I've said that the devotional path is different, that doesn't have to, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be initiated by a great being in order to be on the devotional path. Yeah. It depends. Every lineage is different. Every guru has their own way of expressing and teaching their tradition and their lineage, transmitting their lineage to their students. Some gurus expect that you take an initiation, formal initiation, and then you do that mantra and no other mantra. Uh, that's not what my guru shared with us. So I can only share with you what, what has been shared with me. And the... Uh, So these mantras, the names of God, some mantras are uh, given by a guru, transmitted by a guru with certain energy, and they may have particular, uh, the guru may see something in you and give you a mantra to help you overcome or develop in a certain kind of way. These are different. These are the names of God. And anyone can use them at any time, whether, it's, whether you're driving, whether you're watching television, 
whether you're singing in front of your altar, whenever, you can always be repeating the name. There's no rules for it. There are rules, but those are different lineages than this one. In this lineage, do what you can do to help yourself when you can do it in the way you can do it, the best way for yourself. So it's not a question of needing to be initiated in that way. Transmission is very subtle, is very subtle. And Maharaji transmitted many things, but he didn't make a big deal about it. He didn't say, I'm transmitting this to you. He just did it. And you may never, we might never ever know what was, what we were, what was given to us, what blessings we received, because then we'd just be doing a trip on it. I got that blessing. I got this blessing. Well, yeah, but you didn't get this blessing, you know. Ah. So just ram ram, be happy, stop. Would it be reasonable to believe that even though I have never met Maharaji, that I am somehow connected to him because you listen to me, because I listen to me, and you feel connected to him? Yeah, there's no mistakes. Uh, Maharaji, you know, if a farmer has a little, if, if somebody has his garden, they plant each seed by hand, you know, each one individually in the, in the little garden beds. But if a farmer has a huge farm, he doesn't plant all seeds one at a time. He ha finds another way to do it. And Maharaji is like that. He, he transmits all the time in many ways. And... And uh, I feel like he's, like when I, when I sing, when I, sing I, ent I, I sing to his presence. That's my practice, to enter deeply into that presence. And I share that practice with you. So it feels like we all enter into that presence together, into that beautiful space of the heart. That's him. That's him. So, yes. How do you determine how many times you sing the same chant for, the, for the, each chant until it's over? Do you have a special number of repetitions or just feel when it's right or complete? Yeah. <laughs> No special number of repetitions, and uh, whether it's right or complete, I don't know. Time to stop. Stop. It just happens. I don't know what to tell you. There's not a lot of thought about it. I'll sing, and then I'll stop. Very complicated. Let's see what else is here. Why do I feel so much pain if my true nature is love? That's a great question. Well, we are not aware of our true natures, even though our true nature is aware of us, so to speak. Our true nature is awareness, consciousness. But we are facing outward. And 
identified with the body, the thoughts and the emotions, the physical sensations, <clears throat> and we've, we've all been hurt many times in this life, uh, rightly or wrongly, who knows why situations arose that caused us suffering, and we've internalized a lot of that stuff. And those programs, that internal way of seeing things, keeps going on. And we're not aware of it anymore. But it's, it's coloring the way we see things. It's coloring the way we perceive life and perceive and experience things. So we keep running into painful situations. And uh, yeah. So one can overcome that and can 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 transcend those that kind of pain, but one has to be strong and look for help to do that. You can't just sit down and try to meditate it away or sing it away. It might help temporarily, but to get down into that place inside where there's a lot of pain, hidden pain, you, we have to find a way in there. Meditation, chanting, all those things, they will help. But because we're so locked up uh, in that dark place in our hearts, you know, it may not be enough to, uh, to, uh, to loosen us up, loosen up some of that pain. So one should, should really uh, dedicate oneself to finding what one needs to work with that painful stuff. Because you have to do it. If you don't do it, it won't go away. Only you can do it. And nobody can do it for you. So... Oh my goodness, it's late. Okay. Guru Charan Saroja Raja Nijamana Mukuru Sudari Varano Raghubhara Bhimala Jasu Chodaya Kupalachari Buddhihim Tanujan Ke Sumeram Pavana Kumar Siyaram Alabudi vidya de humohi Arukales bekar Siavaram chandra padje sharan Jehanuman gyan gunasan Yekapisati unloka ujar 
Rama Dutta Tulita Baladam Anjani Putra Pono Sutana Mahaviru Bikram Bajaran Matinavar Sumati Kesan Tanchanavarana Viraj Subesa Chitakesa <laughs> Chanakhan Jolavi 
pararam tapasviraja inake kaj sakal tum saaja or manorat jokovelave sove amit jeevan palapave charunga partap tumhar he prasid jagat ujya Sadhu Sandhake Marakovare Asura Nekandana Ramadulare Ashta Siddhino Nidhikedata Asavaradina Chanaki Mata Ramarasayana Tumare Pasa Sadaro Horagupati Kedasa Mare bhajan rama ko paave Janam janam ke dukkha bisarao Antakala raguvar pura jai Jahan janam har bhakt kahai Or devata chitna darai Anumata se sarva sukha karai Sankatakate mitte sabapira Josumere hanumata balabira Ejeje hanumanungosai Kupakaro guru devakinai Josatabara partakarako Chutahibani mahasukoi Parehanuman chalisa, Oya Siddhisaki Gardisa, Tulatsidas Sada Harichera, Kijenata Herdaya Mandera, Pavanatanaya San Kataharana, Nangalamurti Rupsiara. Ramalakana Sita Sahita Purdaiba Sayasurabhupa Siyavara Ramachandra Padaje Sharana Mangala Murti Martha Nanda Sakala Amangala Mula Nekanda Mangala Murti Martha Nanda Sakarangalamuranakanda Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai 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 Ram, Jai Jai Hanuman, Sun 
we know anything about a path at all, if we know that there might be a way to live in this world in a good way, with an open heart, 
and without fear. If we know about that, it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us, be safe, be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. Namaste. Take good care. See you soon.